Today on Ag News Daily. If we continue to see this hot and dry weather that's going to, to rob us of yields and crop ratings start to come down, then we'll start to see the market start to move and, and start to react. But there's heat in the forecast. The heat right now is, is certainly beneficial for the crop. It helps roots become established, grows real quickly. It loves this type of weather. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to our Market Monday. It's a little different today. Of course, we have the Girl Power team back on for this Monday, but Delaney is joining us from quite far away, and it's way later there than it is here. How are you, Delaney, and where are you at? I'm good, Cassidy. I am in Frankfurt, Germany this week. So as we're recording right after market close in the U.S., it's about not quite 9 o'clock p.m. here. And I'm here this week with the Global Farmer Network, and we are doing training as well as touring of different farms and events here in Germany. So but we are joined this week by 15 different farmers from different countries all around the world. So I'm certainly learning a lot about agriculture in other countries, Cassidy. Very cool. I'm very excited to hear what news you have coming from over there. But what news do you have today before you get in touch with all of those farmers? Well, most of the news that I've been watching for today has been weather related because we have some extreme heat coming for quite a bit of the Corn Belt this week into today, especially Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, in, down into even into Louisiana, Mississippi, are going to have some pretty significant heat here over the next day or so, Cassidy. And that is going to put a little stress, of course, on the crop. Weather Trends 360 is forecasting that the week ending June 18th, which is, of course, this week, will be the second hottest and second driest second full week of June in 30 plus years for the Corn Belt. So certainly markets are going to be watching this news to see how things develop there because that could put a lot of potential stress on the crop. And we have not seen the crop progress report released as of yet today, but will be interesting to see what the good to excellent condition of this year's corn and soybean crop is in. The other weather story I have, Cassidy, here is a little different uh, from the temperature and turning to a term I hate to use here on the podcast, but derecho potential has been noted for a few states in the Midwest today on June 13th. There have been some early morning thunderstorms in southern Minnesota and Iowa and are expected to lift into a warm front, which could put a high level of stress on the atmosphere, which some folks are saying could give enhanced risk for severe thunderstorms, but also potential derechos. So I don't think we have any reports yet as of, you know, this afternoon if we do have derechos. But again, the conditions are brewing to have a potential storm like that again. And it's interesting, Cassidy, I was talking to a couple of farmers here, one from Australia and one from the UK, and they had never heard of that term. And we're not aware that we had had a really bad one across a lot of the Midwest two years ago. Well, Delaney, I am kind of in the same mind as the foreigners. I had never heard of that until the really bad one that hit just a few years ago. We have tornadoes down in Texas, but definitely not derechos. And speaking of Texas and the heat, Texas did break. I know Tanner reported on this uh, last week that there was the potential for Texas to break the power demand record. 
and it did happen this weekend during the recent heat wave. And while I miss my home state here in Missouri, I am not sad to have missed the multiple days in a row of triple degree weather. Yes, it's pretty nice here in Germany, not super hot. So I'm get, I'm des- definitely not sad I am missing that weather. To take it off weather for a minute, I have some actually really sad news. Delaney, do you know who Baxter Black is? I do. I saw that piece of news as well, Cassidy. Oh, this absolutely broke my heart that Baxter Black died on Friday at the age of 77. I grew up listening to his poems and stories and my dad reading them to me and listening to him live on TV. And it was such a sad time for the entire industry of agriculture. Yes, a lot of folks will miss him for sure. Now, going on to some different news, I heard or I read an article that said the House leader Stinney Hoyer says that Ocean Shipping Reform Act could pass this June. And this is pretty exciting because a lot of ag leaders have been pushing for this to pass in order to help address the backlogs at our ports. I had not seen that piece of news, Cassidy, but I did see some new legislation that may tackle quite a few different issues. The U.S. House of Representatives is looking to compress into one bill a way to address meatpacker issues, year-round E15, and conservation aid for precision agriculture through their new legislation titled H.R. 7606, the, quote, Lower Food and Fuels Cost Act. And they will debate this bill on Monday afternoon before it heads to the floor debate and vote as early as Tuesday. And the House is also expected to vote, like you mentioned there, on the Ocean Shipping Reform Act uh, before potentially picking up this new Lower Food and Fuel Costs Act. But I did think it was a little odd to lump all of those things into one piece of legislation. Yes, ma'am. Kind of sounds like a giant Band-Aid for all the issues we're facing right now. That is, yes, probably a very good way to put that. But on a different note, not quite as political, the Michigan Alliance for Animal Agriculture is investing more than $2.3 million in 26 new research and outreach projects in 2022. This article said that these projects will focus on BRD and cattle, bovine respiratory disease, on-farm virus security, and greenhouse gas emissions. So not quite as many topics under that investment, but quite a few under their investment for 2022. Well, Cassidy, I have just one final quick piece of news here, and we're working to secure an interview to discuss this more in depth, but I'm not sure if we signed, if we mentioned this last week on the podcast, but I wanted to make sure we did mention it because it will affect quite a few of our listeners. But POET which is, of course, the world's largest ethanol producer, has signed an official letter of intent to capture and ship carbon from 18 of its ethanol plants in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota to be stored, of course, in Illinois. Now, Navigator CO2 Ventures is the actual company that intends to ship and store the carbon dioxide via their pipeline. And so we are working right now with Navigator CO2 Ventures to secure an interview to discuss this pipeline more in depth because it is a pretty polarizing issue with folks being usually very for it or very against it, Cassidy. Yes, ma'am. And I'm excited for Thursday's episode when we will have that interview to discuss that a little bit further. So listeners, be sure to tune into that to hear and get your own take on it. Now, Delaney, it looked like most of the board was read today. 
What do you have on markets? Yeah, right, Cassidy. It certainly was today. Wall Street sold off hard, and that certainly trickled into the commodity markets today. September corn down two pennies on the day to close at 7.30 and three quarters. Dees new crop corn actually gained a penny today to close at 7.21 and half. Soybeans really were the ugliest sell-off on the day with the August contract losing 34 and a quarter cent to close at 16.27 and three quarters. November down 34 and a half cents, settling the day at 15.33 and three quarters. Wheat was fighting with neutral today as the September contract closed just a penny and a quarter higher at 1086. The Dees added two and a half pennies to close at $11. Livestock also had an ugly day today in the cattle complex with the August live cattle contract shedding $2.32.5 to close at $1.3787. The October down 205, settling the day out at $139.92. August feeders today closed at 171.32, down $3.15 on the day, while September closed $2.45 in the red, ending at 173.60. Lean hogs actually saw a little strength today with the July contract adding a buck 20 to close at 106.67, and August up 65 cents to close at 104.40. Cassie, without further ado, let's kick it over to our conversation with Brian Hoops of Midwest Market Solutions. Well, as promised, folks, we are chatting today with Brian Hoops of Midwest Market Solutions. Brian, very excited to have you back on today. It's been a little while since we've had you on the podcast, but we are certainly excited because there are no shortage of issues to talk about today. Brian, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, we have we have a lot of things uh, going on in these markets, but you know, ninety five percent of what we probably will be talking about uh, usually in the month of June is weather, and uh, now we have Ukraine and Russia tensions. Uh, how much product China is buying? Uh, if some of these other countries are able to sell and, and the South American crops, so there's there's so many things going on right now. Um, it's it's good to review it, talk about these. Uh, items that we're seeing in, in today, you know, it was kind of something that a lot of us didn't really expect to see was just a, a massive let sell off in the stock market that bled over into a host of egg commodities during the early part of the day. Yeah, it certainly did look ugly today, especially in the soybean markets. And I want to get to that here in just a moment, but we haven't really had time to, at least on the podcast, discuss last week's WASD report, which I know was a little bit of a snoozer, but Overall, what were your thoughts on last week's report? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just pretty much a benign report. Um, we had anticipated that soybeans would have a positive report from the standpoint of tighter ending stocks for that old crop balance sheet. USDA was off on their exports, and they uh, accounted for those exports by uh, increasing the forecast by 40 million bushels, and that tightened up the balance sheets a similar amount. And really, that was the only major change or the major surprise. Um, USDA did increase uh, in stocks for corn, and that was a little bit of a maybe a negative surprise, uh, but world stocks were the big negative on this report, especially for corn, where we saw a, a big um, any stocks number there much larger than anticipated. Ukraine production was up about six and a half million tons from previous numbers. So USDA is kind of trying to factor in what's happening in uh, in that country. And um, you know, corn market held in there very well uh, today with the big sell off as well as Friday because of this hot and dry forecast that we have. You know, they're already 
forecasting record yields for both corn and soybeans. And that was uh, what we saw t- two months ago, and then again confirmed this last week. So any little hiccup, any little yield drag of corn and soybeans could send these prices a lot higher. Uh, in addition, um, we may be losing some acres. We don't know how many we're going to lose, but I think the crop progress numbers that come out this afternoon will give us a pretty good indication that uh, if corn or spring wheat has not been seeded yet in North Dakota, uh, Minnesota, they're probably not going to be planted, probably going into prevent plants. So, so we'll have a much better idea today, I think, of, of those numbers once they are released by the USDA. Um, soybeans can still be seeded. They still might get to some plantings done. So it's a little bit harder to tell what type of acres we're, we're either adding or subtracting in the soy complex. But, it, but certainly uh, corn and, and spring wheat, we expect to see at least a million to two million drop in the, in the corn. Usually when you have a, a late planted spring, you lose about 2%, which would be about 1.8 million acres. So Brian, I that, that was a lot of good information. I want to unpack that a little bit further. And going back a little bit here, you mentioned today's sell-off in particular. Talk to us a little bit more about what was going on in the soybean market. Well, you know, the trade, the uh, report that you mentioned, it was almost kind of a buy the rumor, sell the facts sort of uh, sort of trade. We had anticipated a bullish report. We saw a bullish report. The market had rallied into it. Then after we received the news, it sold off on Friday. And then again, it sold off again today. So we've lost about 50 cents uh, since Thursday night's uh, close in the soy complex, and uh, the report was was positive, but markets, ha- you know, ha- do- overdoes it to the upside, overdoes it to the downside. Yet soybeans, in particular, are really taking a beating uh, without really much of a change in fundamentals. The basis levels. Uh, have flipped a little bit for South America versus the United States. And so that is likely to slow down some of the Chinese buying uh, just because they could buy product out of, out of uh, Brazil cheaper right now. Um, so that makes it difficult for the U.S. to compete with uh, with those neighbors when they are uh, undercutting us in price. And uh, last week, it was a different story. Our base is a little bit cheaper. This week, it's flipped around. So we expect to see a little bit of a slowdown in soybean demand. And Brian, you mentioned a little bit about the anticipated cut you could see here in corn and wheat acres. Has the Mac, has the market already factored that in? Um, to a very small extent. I don't think we've factored in any real reduction in acres. Um, and, and if we lose 2 million acres of corn or a million acres of spring wheat, I, I do think we will take another leg higher in these markets. It's just kind of market trying to get its feel and really has, has been chopping around with corn, you know, 705 all the way up to 725, kind of a, uh, a 20 cent range and spring wheat um, trading in this 1220 range, you know, 12, up to 1240 down to 1215 seemingly for a week now, just kind of trying to find that price level that maybe uh, some end users will step in and buy or, or maybe we'll see some selling, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a range bound trade. Um, if we continue to see this hot and dry weather, that's going to, to rob us of yields and crop rains start to come down, then we'll start to see the market start to move and, and start to react. But there's heat in the forecast. The heat right now is, is certainly beneficial for the crop. It helps the roots become established. Um, you know, it, it grows real quickly. It loves this type of weather. But if we don't have rain, that's when we're not able to sustain the growth. That's uh, we, we definitely will start to need some rains in another week. 
Now, Brian, you mentioned today the heavy liquidation that was going on in Wall Street overnight. What was the spark there? Well, that's a good question. And I don't know that anybody has a real good answer other than um, it's probably some type of margin call type selling that's that's spooking Wall Street. I know we're we're really concerned about the, you know, the overall health of the economy, um, high gas prices, high inflation, what what all this is doing to the consumers. And I think there's a lot of people that are are scared and pulling money out of out of the stock market. So that's weighing on prices. Plus, uh, some of these larger hedge funds maybe are starting to see some margin calls, uh, and that's forcing them out of positions. Instead of putting cash in, they are they're uh, taking positions off the table. So all this is really pressuring the market a gap lower Sunday night, and just kind of extending that weakness into today's session. And Brian, taking a look here at the livestock markets today. Life cattle and feeder cattle don't look so pretty on the board. Were they just following the trend of Wall Street and all the other markets today? Uh, that's a big part of it, I think, yes. Um, you know, I, I should have mentioned that the FOMC meeting uh, is this week as well, and, and trade certainly expecting a, a jump in basis. Uh, and because of the, of the rate hike, that is pressuring the markets as well. So cattle are, are very connected to what's going on with the stock market, what's going on with the economy. Um, we've had seemingly once a week or so, we have a nice short covering rally one or two days, and then it's a heavy selling coming in again after that. And, and we saw a rally last week, <clears throat> a couple days of, of heavy uh, fun type selling, driving these prices back lower. And it's, it's a concern as, as traders look out into the future and see a struggling economy, consumers paying high gas prices, high electricity bills. Um, we're into the summer months. So so it, uh, AC units are running. All this combines with a drag on the consumer's pocketbook. They don't have that extra money to go out to eat or to buy steaks. Um, and they're likely to, to move to cheaper cuts of meat. Um, and, and, and all this is, is certainly something that bears watching because it means lower prices for a lot of our livestock uh, producers. Fantastic, Brian. Well, before I let you go, if folks have questions, want to get in touch with you to chat markets, where can they find you? Yeah, we can uh, be reached. Our website address is MidwestMarketSolutions.com. I have a direct phone number, 417-501-5132. And we do have uh, information on our Twitter feed, which is uh, Brian Hoops and at Midwest Markets. Fantastic, Brian. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Certainly appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate talking with you. Well, Delaney, that was a great Market Monday conversation with Mr. Brian Hoops, and I appreciate all the perspective he gave us coming from Wall Street and affecting the commodity markets. Absolutely. It's been a little while since we have had him on, but we certainly appreciate Brian joining us today. And we've got a lot of other good conversations coming up this week. May not be on the podcast, but I know you and Tanner will have things covered, Cassidy. So what do you say with that? We let the people go. Let's let them go. (laughs) 